and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 65 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Griff. I mean, Jeff. Sorry. Jeff, hi. Got Griff on the brain. My apologies. When don't you have Griff on the brain? That is a great question, and the answer is never. All right. (laughs) How's, uh, How's Georgia doing? Georgia is quite well, I guess. I don't know. Um, we have a crazy Congress lady uh, and, and some other weird shit going on. <coughs> um, but, you know, I just want to grill. Well, um, we can't grill here. We got hit with a major snowstorm here. I saw uh, that. Yeah, I yeah. saw that your weather sucks, and yeah. I, I don't miss that. Uh, it does rain quite a bit here, but uh, I don't have to shovel rain. So, But on the other hand, I have had... My second injection of COVID vaccine. Wow. I, Congratulations. I, you are now a fully functional 5G cellular tower. That's right. Uh, get great signal and Bill Gates can track every one of your moves. That's right. And uh, I'm very proud of you for this. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I love being part of an international conspiracy. It's 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 so awesome. when people say people joke about podcasters not being at the front of the line, they just did the wrong paperwork. Podcasters are at the front of the line, actually. <laughs> Only if they're as good as you. Well, you know, it, not other everybody... podcasters just have to step their game up. Really, that's right. That is a hundred percent it. Yes. No. <laughs> it, 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 in real talk, it, it it really was all just down because of my uh, my straight job, and uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually you know like most things that have gone on during this the, these pandemic times, I, I I am extremely lucky and privileged to yeah they have uh... not very been been very affected long term like some people have so yeah, it is I, 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 I went in to uh, apply for my vaccine and told them i was a podcaster and they tried to have my vocal cords removed well i mean that's well, wow what <laughs> which office did you apply with that one played really well um <laughs> I, I was stunned I, i'm stunned into silence no, just just being serious, you know, I, 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 I'm fully aware of, uh, of, like I said, how lucky and privileged I've been at myself and my, you know, uh, my household has been during the, this uh, this pandemic. And uh, I mean, I, I do look for ways to pay it forward as well to, to those Paying who, it forward. We love to do it. Yeah. So um, I, I, I don't advertise it, but I do. So, you know, it's uh, it's just one of those things. But no, uh, my arm is sore, but otherwise I really haven't had too many 
So I, I was a little wonky yesterday, but not so bad. But today uh, I was okay. So you know. Yeah, I, the uh, the uncontrollable convulsions where you uh, uh, shake around uh, like Sweet D Reynolds with the inflatable tube man in that episode of Always Sunny only happens for about six or seven hours. You get over that pretty quickly. I actually didn't even have that. I was just feeling like just like kind of <laughs> blah, you know. But yeah, yeah. You know, but anyway, uh, have you? Yeah, uh, some, if you actually take too much of the vaccine, it turns you into a wrestling dinosaur. So <laughs> it's very. You're lucky they got the dosages right. That's very important. It, it, I forgot who it was. It was. It was probably like uh, Reductress or, or or one of those places. Uh, had the, 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 the tweet. I forgot to to look up who it actually was, but it says, uh, "What woman takes." Uh, get get seven, 47 vaccine injections to get the right uh, vaccine selfie. Yeah, that was Abaddon. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah where's she been? <laughs> She's getting vaccinated, bro. Oh, all right. <laughs> How do you think she looks like that? <laughs> all right. Enough of the conspiracy talk. You should have uh... seen her pre-vaccination. <laughs> have she you looks s- like Chris Statlander. <laughs> yeah, where's she been? she's abaddon now that's what i'm trying to tell you god did you see either impact or dark some of both okay i saw some of both i saw a little bit of impact uh but i was kind of just doing other shit and i watched the parts of dark that featured Brody lee jr uh because i had heard he was there and they were all worth watching it was fantastic Brody jr fucking rules i know it's like fun to like be nice about him or like, uh, uh, just like, be like, oh, well, it's cute that he's there or whatever. But this is like an, an almost nine year old kid who like actually has like the headspace for wrestling. And well, you I think can I, already I, see actually is nine years old because he just <laughs> have a birthday. So uh, his birthday, yeah, well, his birthday was two weeks ago, idiots. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he um he w- walked out with uh, Ty Conti for her match and ripped his shirt off. Because he's just cool <laughs> like that. Uh, he walked out with Dark Order for another match, and then he uh, for Preston Vance's match, and a few matches for, uh, after on the show, he joined Taz and Excalibur on commentary. And I gotta tell you, man, for a nine year old, he's better than like a few actual like full time wrestling commentators that I've heard. Wow, he's a, he's a natural for it. That, that is a, that is unfortunate. Uh, quite a bit. Taz was very. Uh, uh, satisfied with with uh, his commentary, and we've talked about Taz and Excalibur's co- chemistry when it's just the two of them before, and like when what they do on Dark, they're really great on that show, uh, and and they bring a lot to it, and they were the right pairing of dudes to be paired up with Brody Jr. for this uh, little endeavor, and it was a lot of fun. Uh you, you know the thing is about the the wrestling commentators is that that's not really a, a very high bar to clear, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, there are some greats out there, and oh, fortunately, AEW uh, does thrive on commentary. I know we, you know, talk about some of JR's down spots, but JR's had some good spots during his run as well, and I think those are worth acknowledging. Shivani, I think, has been stellar. Uh, Excalibur has been great. Taz, uh, when he is on commentary, I think he is one of their best, if not their best. And the run they had with Vita Scott was fantastic, too, and I hope she comes back and does more commentary there. And on that note, we go. To Bailey's place in Jacksonville, Florida, for episode sixty-five of Boom, of AEW. Dynamite. Whoops, forgot what show we're Boom goes, we're AEW, Dynamite. Boom goes we, AEW Dynamite. That's right. Um, we finally sold out. Yes. Um, I will note 
Have you noticed Jim Ross has adopted the it's Wednesday night, you know what that means? Yes, I have. I figured that was going to happen, and I'm glad he's keeping it up and cool. Yeah, that, 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 that's very good. I hope they, they, they keep that up. Uh, we go into our first match of the evening, a, a, a knockout banger that I was so looking forward to, Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. So, of course, my TNT feed cuts out during this match. So, <laughs> Paul, only when you need it. Yeah, so, Paul, do tell. Uh, this was a match between Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. They uh, they wrestled each other, I guess, a little bit, and uh, that's it. No, I'm just kidding. It was a very good match. It was a, uh, <coughs> I thought it was very effective. Uh, it was hard hitting. It opened with some really strong chops. It was all the shit you expected from these dudes, right? Um, it wasn't a very long match, but uh, it, it was a very fun one. I don't really have a ton of analysis on it because, like, how do you analyze a guy like Eddie Kingston? Like, you're not going to talk about Eddie Kingston matches in, like, some sort of, like, uh, like scholarly analytical terms, right? Right. Eddie Kingston matches are fights. They look like fights. They feel like fights. Uh, and he also does some wrestling moves in between. But he's a storyteller. I think Lance Archer uh, needs to get a little more credit for that, too. Uh, starting with uh, putting Jake backstage so that was uh, one of the narratives throughout this is uh, Eddie Kingston came out without Kingston goon and Lance Archer came out with Jake the snake, but said, okay, well, Eddie doesn't have his people. I'm going to come out and do this alone myself, you know, cause I don't, you know, I'm a badass and I can, I can do that. So he sends Jake to the back uh, and that ends up costing him the match as Eddie Kingston uh, has Kingston goon come out, run a little interference, a distraction. Eddie gets the fist pack. He hits Lance Archer with the uh, the loaded hand and uh, gets the uh, the three count there. Uh, Jake comes back out and takes an ass whooping from Kingston Goon. All right. So, and it was great. I, and I'm sorry I Butcher missed it. Butcher just like slapping Jake the Snake around was a, a really incredible visual. Um. So, yeah. So, I, I missed that. But I, the, the, the feed came back in the middle of a John Moxie promo. Which uh, also was very good. Uh, you know, Moxley being outside with a low-angle camera, you're going to get gold every time. Yeah, and I, I it, the feed came up just in time for me to learn a little something about John Moxley's love life. Did you catch, before John Moxley talks about how he likes to have sex in the morning, uh, did you ta- uh, catch the part where he was like kind of explaining the plot? Of what's going on with yeah, him. I, I did yeah, it, 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 it was in the middle of it, but yeah, I caught on. It's like he, he he's confused by all the drama, a little bit of mox position, if you will. Oh, um, so that had me thinking, like he's like doing this all expository thing. Uh, what like television show would you like him to explain the plot to you of? Ooh, um, I think I would like him to try to explain, um, why don't we say Babylon 5? Ooh, that's a good one. And actually, a recent episode of Come Town just did that, and it was very funny. Oh, so, no. <laughs> uh, perfect timing. I, I, I never listened to that show, and probably uh, never will either. We're but... not going to derail the podcast by talking about Come Town on no, Bond, it, but it, 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 no, we are not. <laughs> I, a little bit of recency bias for me, but I thought, you know, I think I think sci-fi is the way to go on this question. For me, it's The Expanse because The Expanse, so much is happening all the time. I, I, I do need to watch that. Uh, it's Paul, fun. It's really good. Paul, do you need to, like, take a drink of water or something? Because you keep uh, 
have a bit of a cough this morning. I have a this little bit evening, of a uh, yeah. Morning, I was, evening, I was taking fat rips off the vape pen, and uh, you know that happens sometimes. <laughs> okay, well, so you, you need to take a take a drink or something just to re- refresh yourself. I mean, if you'll be so kind as to uh, hold, we should put some little like little waiting music up here, little <laughs> elevator music in the background. All right, moving on. We go to a promo between Darby Allen and Sting, and uh, you know it, we, we we see they're in an abandoned warehouse, so clearly they're not holding a rave in that place. And uh, there there are like some very strict guidelines, first of all, to having raves. All right, it's not safe right now. So you know, Sting and Darby just wanted to have a group of their best friends, and it turns out they're their only friends. Uh, so it's not their fault. This is their whole guest list. Um. Darby Allen at one point throws his uh, skateboard through a window, which uh, which leads me to something. Why doesn't he have a move called the Darby Crash? Because you know, as much of a uh, huge uh, you know punk rock guy that that he is, and Darby maybe two on the nose. I Dar- don't know. Dar- Darby Crash, of course, being the the former you know the the late singer of the Germs. Yeah, I think that again, maybe two on the nose, or maybe he thinks it won't. Uh, uh, you know, be like known enough. That's a good question. I feel like that's something he would have had by now. That'd be something. His, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, this, I, I love, you know, sting with his wrestle son, Darby. I think this is very fun. Uh, I, again, sting is a little bit wordy in these promos. I don't think he needs to say so much, but it was kind of a fun little thing. He's like, you call those hoodlums. You know what the thing about, I think that that kind of maybe irks me a little bit with the sting stuff is it feels like, it's from a different era, but not in the good way. His, right. his like style and cadence and manner of cutting a promo feels a little dated. When I do think like he's modernized the look pretty well, and uh, you know the new T-shirts and the gear, and you know being with Darby Allen and you know the new cinematic styles, and I think he looks good on AEW. The entrance is new, and I think all that's updated and, and feels modern and like a progression of Sting. But when he starts talking like this, it doesn't really feel like a progression to me. I think, again, I've said it, I think every week he's got a promo, but less is more. And I think a little bit less would have gone a little longer way here. But the breaking shit was awesome. Like, this was like, I just wanted to hear that break stuff uh, riff. The, dun it. <laughs> oh, no. Right? I just, I just think you just be like, your best bet, Team Taz, is to stay away, motherfuckers. <laughs> Because it's one of those days. <laughs> God, you know that Darby might that, that, that might. You know, it's all about said she said bullshit. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ, Taz! I think you better quit talking that shit, punk. So come and get it. <laughs> oh boy! Okay, I, I, I'm gonna stop the limp biscuit talk right now. <laughs> Uh, our, our second match of the evening, uh, Chris Jericho and MJF uh, going up against uh, your beautiful baby boy, Griff Garrison and Brian right. Pillman Jr., the Varsity Blondes, and my feed cut out again. So, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> yes. the literal worst time of the night for your feed to cut out I is know. when Griff Garrison is on your screen. I, I tell me about it, right? The future of professional wrestling, Griffley Garrison, that's his full name. Griffley. I thought it was Griffle. Uh, Griffle? Griffle Garrison. <laughs> Do you not know the name of your own son? 
<laughs> look, man, I, I was, you know, uh, uh, on some stuff at the time. And, uh, you know, it, it was a long weekend. And, you know, I just I put it on the birth certificate. I wasn't looking. OK, I just trusted the people doing the thing. My son, Griffley Griffle, OK, had a great match. <laughs> no, and, and jokes aside, he did. The, um, this was a fun match. Uh, Chris Jericho doing the thing that he does best in AEW. Again, making young wrestlers look good. Like he does really use his position to elevate other talent. That's something that he should be commended for. Now, everything he's been doing outside of wrestling lately, he should probably not be commended for. No. But this particular thing he does in the ring, that's good. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this match. The heat between MJF and Griffle uh, have... Uh, I can't stop saying Griffle. <laughs> Fuck. Um <laughs> Yeah, the, the heat between MJF and Griffle have been uh, was really nice, like carried over from their first match to the the barking back and forth they did on social media and in a couple of promos on the show and on AEW Dark, uh, and that that really came to a head here really nicely. Um, Jericho and MJF get the win as expected, but Griff got a lot of offense in, and uh, Pillman took the pin. Uh, they're really positioning Griff, and you can tell they like Griff Garrison um, a lot. At AEW, I think they're really positioning this kid to uh, to be something in the future, and I think that's the right call because I do think he has a very bright future. Uh, afterwards, they uh, tease more uh, MJF and Sammy Guevara drama because you know that th- this part of the angle will never end. So, which we're going to get to a little bit more later, and then we'll talk about that. Uh, we then transition into a uh, a promo from. Billy the Fish them, himself, the bastard pack. And, God, he still has, like, one of those old, uh, you know, cathode ray tube TVs with the, with the VCR attached. Yeah, to I, wanted, I, I wanted to go over to John Moxley's house and play Blast Core on N64. <laughs> but uh, can we just You could say it was really time to get moving. Can, can, can we give Pack all the credit for getting the phrase Billy Big Bollocks? Billy Big Bollocks! Onto American television. This motherfucker said Billy Big Bollocks. Oh my god. Maybe we just got to call him that instead of Billy the Fish now. I, I now he's he, just Big Bollocks now. Yeah, he's just Billy Big Bollocks. And, I mean, we've already talked about John Moxley's balls on this show, so we should talk about Pax Balls too. Why not? I mean... <laughs> Obviously, uh, Moxley's are drained every morning, and... Uh, <laughs> And Pack uh, uh, is practicing retention. <laughs> Pack is retaining and uh, and holding his uh, his seed uh, to con- to hold in its uh, natural powers. <laughs> By the way, uh, when we're referring to El Triangulo de la Muerte, a uh, bit of a bad news. Penta Cerro Miedo appears to be injured. Uh, not specified, uh, but he appears to be injured for a while. This is per uh, the Cubs fan who, of course, you know, would know about these things. Um, uh, now, this is to the point where the, the 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 Penta that got beat down by Guns and Gallows last week and, and Kenny Omega um, was actually a stand-in. Right. Was it Phoenix in a Penta costume? That would be my assumption. I don't know because, I mean... Um, Cubs made a point about the ha- about Penta's hand tattoos and how this guy didn't have them. Uh, so I, I don't. You'd know. think Phoenix would be the most likely candidate to stand in for Penta. 
Uh, I mean, Phoenix is a little noticeably smaller than Penta, though, so... Uh, I mean, you know, you put him in the hoodie and the hood and everything, and you have him get beat down. It's not really that much different if, yeah, like... perhaps. You get him three clothes and shit. But, anyway, I really hope he comes back soon, because, damn. Who would you dress up in a Pentagon suit? Uh, you can tweet us, at BGTD Podcast. Uh, we come back from commercial and we get a uh, bit from uh, Shaquille O'Neal from something from the AEW Dynamite Awards. I completely missed this. Yeah, I tried to watch some of it and I got to it a little bit late because I was uh, making a delicious batch of chili. Ooh. Turned out quite well. Ooh. So good news. Good news is I had some great chili. The bad news is I missed the bulk of the AEW awards. All I caught was the finish. Um, I know Matt Hardy won one. Um, the Stadium Stampede won one. Orange Cassidy won something, and that's basically all I got. I think they could have done a better job marketing this. It was on the Ble- Bleacher Report Live app, which you know you want to promote BR Live. That's cool, but they should have. I feel like there should have been a bigger push to uh, get more eyes on this thing. Well, anyway, I guess Shaq... And they also could have recapped who won the awards on tonight's show, and they didn't do that. So they obviously really they could like, have. That, that, that seems like, like a bit of an Why wasn't there like a short segment, like, yeah, um, just like recapping who won what? It seems like a bit of an oversight. Or having the winners walk out with their awards tonight like a Slammy. Right. Also, yeah. you know, channel your Owen Hart, man. If you're a heel and you won one of these awards, like, flaunt it. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Owen Hart made... The slamming is relevant. Like it's it's because of him we even talk about it still. It's because of him they even kept it going. Uh, no one gave a shit about a slammy until Owen Hart. On that, so with that, uh, we go to a response for for Shaq from uh, one Mister Cody Runnels as he is introduced, and there's some stuff going on with Arn Anderson talking about Dusty Rhodes and 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 and. You know, Cody is is you know, and and Brandy are expecting a child. So then, Red Velvet comes out to this whole thing. Got to like it got to where it got to in like a strange way. But to, I always have like a soft spot for when Cody or Dustin are naturally reacting to like people talking to them about Dusty because like it really like all the shit you can talk about about Cody like his reverence for his father is very, very real. And he reacts very naturally and very genuinely to the things people say about Dusty. Um, because you know that that's coming from a real place too, right? Like people did love Dusty and revered Dusty and, uh, uh, he really did have such an impact on people. And when, when Cody gets to hear about that, it really affects him in a real way. And, and that does like get to me, man. Cause like, cool, you know? Oh, uh- that being said, uh, my feet decided to cut out again during Red Velvet's promo, so I don't know oh, what Red no. Velvet says. So, yeah, uh, Arn does, tells the story about how he saw uh, Dusty wrestle in L.A. and then still make it in time for Cody to be born, and then um, he uses that to segue into not looking at the past but looking to the future uh, as a way to introduce Red Velvet Red Velvet comes out and basically just becomes the avatar for Brandy Rhodes here, right? Like, so she just says, you know, uh, I'm sick of you attacking us or whatever, Jade. Uh, I don't like you. I have a cool Louis Vuitton belt. Look at my cool Louis Vuitton belt. She didn't actually say that. I was just looking at her cool belt. Um, She said, you know, balls in your court, right? So she basically challenged Shaq and Jade to the tag match 
that and and by Cody's own admission that there was supposed to be you know Cody and Brandy versus Jade and Shaq at Revolution, which is what we expected, right? right. Like that was going to happen. Uh, so we thought that was what it was going to be. So Red Velvet is just standing in for Brandy here. So um, with that, we go to our third. But message. I'll say this: Red Velvet's promo skills for someone with little, with not a ton of experience, uh, and this was like her first big promo on Dynamite. Uh, quite good. I think there's something there with Red Velvet as well, uh, a women's division that, you know, we talk about how being deep, she's another asset to that division. Um, our third match of the evening, uh, Adam Page versus Ryan Nemeth. Um, he looks familiar-ish. Yeah. Does he kind of look like WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler? Uh, maybe a little, yeah. Huh, that's weird. So, uh for no reason. That's just kind of a coincidence. Yeah, wow. It's, it's, it's kind of wild. Uh, uh, he, is, uh, he is the brother of WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler. Uh, he's the cool Nemeth, uh, from what I gather by their social media activity. Okay. <laughs> he seems like the cooler Nemeth. I think he's like a Bernie bro. Uh, Matt Hardy ringside for this match. Scouting out, we presume, Adam Page. He, uh, yeah, then the commentators made a big deal out of it. Very uh, who's the third man style commentary until... You could very clearly hear Matt Hardy uh, saying, let's go, Adam. So that kind of took the mystique out of that. So, uh, yeah, Adam Page wins the match. Um, and then Matt Hardy kind of makes an offer to Adam Page. Yes, he does. Uh, it kind of says, I, I see. You know, this looks like this is going to be the narrative, right? It's like all the different factions are going to try to get at Adam Page now. Yeah, so let's see what happens here. Um, uh, before we move on from that, Adam Page uh, tweeted shortly after that segment, uh, one of my favorite recent Adam Page tweets, simply, why are people always talking at me? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, our fourth match of the evening, uh, Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood, uh, uh, including the Baltimore theme. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. You know what? Like this, uh, we already talked about how cool this is and how great it is that they did this. But like listening tonight and just like this was a big match. This was a match that had some hype around it. This is a match that, you know, wrestling fans knew was going to be a real strong one. What a big difference it makes having this, right? Like it really, it slaps, it's perfect. And it just, I'm so glad they did this. Um, and it also shows uh, their investment into jungle boy that the first big license track they got for anyone on their roster is this one uh they really believe in jungle boy jack perry here and with good uh, reason because uh this uh because this match fucking ruled oh yeah now i want to follow up on something that, that i talked about last week on this very podcast jeff okay we talked about this and uh i mentioned how excited I was and how much I was looking forward to this match because I believed that the booking was very inspired in that Dax Harwood was going to make a perfect dance partner for Jungle Boy to make him look like an absolute star. That this was going to be the kind of match that you know gets a guy to the next level, that gets him noticed, an initiation sort of match, right? Like if you look at it in the old school wrestling terms, like mm -hmm. this is that initiation match for a guy. You know, where they have them go in with one of their, you know, best technical, most skilled workers to work a hard hitting stiff match and just see how they hold up to the pressure of it. And uh, Jungle Boy came out a fucking diamond, man. 
Yeah. Talk he, about holding up to the pressure. He really shined through. And you could tell that Dax had like the narrative and had the missive to like fucking work this one stiff, right? Mm-hmm. He was laying in the jungle boy on a lot of those chops, like hard, especially early in the match. He was busting his shit, dude. Yeah, he was. And you know, something we, we didn't mention, of course, is that both uh both Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard were handcuffed to Luchasaurus the whole match. Yes, this is uh, something that they came up with uh, earlier in the week. I want to say three, four days ago, they tweeted about how this was going to be a stipulation. So the match was spent with Jungle Boy, or I'm sorry, with Luchasaurus, uh, Cash Wheeler, and Tully Blanchard all handcuffed together. Yeah. So um, just kind of pulling at each other and kind of like jostling and bickering throughout. Yeah, that ending sequence with all the near falls, my God. Oh, fantastic. Like, uh, just a great blend of, like, old school, like, 80s wrestling and uh, uh, the technical abilities and some new moves and a faster pace. And just this, this, uh, nothing but good things to say about this match, man. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. I love this match. And, you know, Dax Harwood. I kind of like to, you know, be too like wrestling industry. Like I know everything about it. Be like this guy's a great worker, but this motherfucker can wrestle. Yes, he, he can. Is yeah, really I mean, good at doing wrestling. And and, and he uh, he he sold the arm that whole match. Yeah, no, all the all the psychology. This is this was a five tool match. Like everything was executed right, uh, from the pacing to the impact to the psychology. Uh, just all of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree. Everything uh, worked, and uh, uh, Jungle Boy gets a well-deserved win. Uh, yeah, Jungle Boy gets the tap-out win with that uh, with that modified STF. Uh, and uh, afterwards, you know, Tully and Cash are you know immediately unhandcuffed because the match is over, and then uh, they attack Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Yes, and the, oh well, it starts with uh, Tully Blanchard getting the mysterious powder. Mm-hmm. And hitting uh, Luchasaurus in the eyes. They break the handcuffs, throw Luchasaurus into the corner, and uh, get in the ring. The beatdown's on. Uh, they are proceeding to beat on both of them until Marco Stunt comes in for the save with a big gold chair and just fucking chucks it at everybody. Yes, he did. Uh, I think uh, SCU. I think SCU. Yeah, SCU. He was throws out there a too. chair like it's an episode of the Boondocks. <laughs> I love that show. He threw a chair like it was the Source Awards in 2002. <laughs> uh, and then they also cut, they cut. Yeah, I was going to show up with a, a trunk full of AK-47s. Oh, my God. They cut Luchasaurus's horns. Yeah, they did. Um, they, dirty, I mean, dirty you know, bastards. If you were going to deprive someone of being horny on this show, I'd prefer it be JR, but I guess, you know. <laughs> well, uh, after this, we get a uh, promo from Team Taz where they beat up a bunch of merch guys, which, uh, you know. Great segment. I thought this was really good. It's a good segment. I se love this. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bad message, though, beating up the merch guys. I mean, they, they're just hired hands, man. They, 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 they don't produce the Taz. Here's the thing. It's Team Taz. It's fucking Hook, man. It's Hook. You gonna get in fucking Hook's way? You gonna mess with Hook? You, 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 you gonna look at Hook funny? You see that guy the way he was looking at Hook? You see the way he was looking at him? You don't look at Hook like that. <laughs> you don't look at him like that. Oh, Jesus. The team Taz energy, it gets into me, and I always want to fight. 
Our fifth match of the evening. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. We are you do not get to just skip over the, the lawn dart spot. Okay, I, so, did, I yes, there is the lawn dart spot. So so they beat down the merch guys, they tear up the merch thing, which I thought this is a really effective segment because it makes sense, right? It's Taz uh, uh, responding directly to you know something that someone said to him. That's why he has a camera. He says, camera guy, come with me. I have something to show you. So it makes sense for the camera guy to be there, right? Team Taz, everyone does their jobs. And then this is the Hook coming out party, right? Hook gets to kind of talk for the first time, really, in any extended period on the show. Uh, he you know kind of opens up this segment. He's the first one to throw a punch, right? And so all that worked, and this is great. And then it finishes off with a dude getting Rey Mysterio Kevin Nash thrown into the fucking side of the truck like the fucking episode of Nitro. Right. Okay, so I get all that, but, I mean, it obviously there are probably workers who were, you know, acting as merch oh, yeah. guys. But, but I mean, in, in kayfabe, these are merch guys. These are just hired hands. They're barely, probably barely making minimum wage. Yeah, but in kayfabe, they're selling the other guys' merch, so fuck them. Yeah, because that's what they were told to do. They're just hired They're scoundrels. Go you after Tony Khan. These are scoundrels. The Team Taz are ne'er-do-wells, all right? They're scalawags. Go, go after, yeah, but I mean. Darby yeah, Allen and Snake might be hoodlums, but what's a hoodlum to a ne'er-do-well? Yeah, but I mean. What's think, a hoodlum to a scoundrel? Uh, yeah, but they're, they're going after workers, man, and this is a labor issue. Oh. Ah. You know, but here's the thing, though. Uh, uh, Team Taz, a blue-collar group. <laughs> Are they? Are they really? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, I feel like they're pretty blue-collar. Except Ricky Starks, who's dripping all the time. Yeah, he's not blue-collar. Let's face it. He, he, they have he, blue-collar he... energy. But you know what? <laughs> Luxury communism, though. Like, I feel like we should all be able to drip. <laughs> well, well I, we should... We, like, drip. Under, under my plan, we will have drip for all. You will all be decked out in the latest Supremes. You will have Cuban links, Cuban links for everybody. And one of those cool million dollar watches that Conor McGregor has. Actually not. They look like shit. <laughs> you know, as long as I can get those, uh, those $200 Dory Amon uh, Nikes that came out. Yeah. Drip for all. There we you go. Know, you, and, and especially Paul, the host of Boom Goes the Dynamite. He will have the pain maker tracksuit. <laughs> Our fifth match of the get evening. One, uh, uh, cut specially to his measurements. Our fifth match of the evening, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Shanna, who it's been a long time since Shanna's been on Dynamite, and uh, after her... Uh, Shanna, a little favorite bit... of the WrestleJoy Network. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. Hey, hey, remember them? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I just want to point out nope, something. because they're dead. They uh, died. I just want to point out something that I just saw. This is actually a trending topic on Twitter as we speak right now. Uh, the current poll in France for next year's election, uh, Emmanuel Macron only has a four-point lead over Marine Le Pen. <laughs> France is so bad. Oh, God, they're awful. They um, are, France is awful. It, they, shout out they, to French unions, though. Like Those motherfuckers know how to get their stuff done. Yeah, well, yeah, unfortunately, the French unions may be you know, siding with Le Pen. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think that the work that working class groups and unions 
never side with far right people on any like significant numbers. They just have a vocal minority. Mm. This is a lot like I think that resembles like the quote unquote Reagan Republicans of the 80s in places like Michigan where I'm from where like you kind of hear about that. They're just louder and people are more interested in hearing about them because they always are. But, uh, you know, shout out France. Like, they fucking, you, you try to take away one of their vacation days and they're flipping over cop cars. Yeah, but, you know, again, they're, they, they may be electing a fascist. But then again, you know what? So did Britain and so did we nearly again. So. Hey! So, uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, I doc- think that Britain didn't elect that fascist Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. Christ. <laughs> Uh, so you know what? Uh, oddly, I was on Britt Baker's side for for once because yeah. oh yeah, no, Britt Baker was the baby face in this match. Make no mistake about it. Yeah, this is Britt Baker being a baby face because Shanna sucks. Shanna sucks, and Britt Baker's from Pittsburgh, so you know, there you go. Yep, shout out Brittsburg. But no, Britt gets the win. She gets the the big lock jaw with that pink glove. I love the pink glove. I think that's a really nice touch. Um. And she proceeds to kick Shanna's ass again and double lock jaw her, which also rocked. Reba's bedazzled denim jacket uh, continues to astound, impress me, and, and bedazzle, and bedazzle me. Yes, I'm. I'm also bedazzled, uh, like You're... Brendan Fraser in the 2001 film Bedazzled, uh, which was actually a remake. Oh yeah, it was wasn't Dudley, it? Dudley Moore in the sixties. Yeah, Moore. it's a very, very, very funny movie too. Honestly, the Brendan Fraser one is still pretty funny to me. Well, I watched there, it again. well, there's a there's a very funny song with Pete, that Peter Cook does in, in the it's in the Dudley Moore version. The, the bas the basketball bit for the Brendan Fraser one is still funny. I think. Oh, it uh, was the, funny, but it, I, the Abraham Lincoln bit is really good. Yeah, it is. But again, I, I just prefer the. And Liz I, Hurley. I, I just mean, prefer the. Liz, well, I mean, there is Liz Hurley, but I just there prefer is the, Liz Hurley. I, I do prefer the uh, the Dudley Moore version. So I uh, get anyway. it. I get it. This is uh, a generational thing. This is the, this is when the podcast shows its generation gap. It does. Uh, Thunder Rosa comes out to make the save and and chase uh, Britt off. They will face off next week at Beach Break, which uh, I guess I had to find a uh, I had to find a suitable song uh, to cobble together for next week's theme since this is a special episode. So. Yeah, ooh, we'll have some fun with that. Let's not talk about it on pod because I want to surprise the people. Oh, yes. Uh, we go backstage and uh, MJF corners Sammy at the at the uh, Daily's Place bar and uh, they have a little uh, they have a little chat. And yeah, that's and about I, it. This, so so here's why I wanted to bring this back up. I thought this segment was really good. It, um, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I thought the line delivery from MJF and Sammy both were very effective. The stare down at the end was nice. They had a, they have a good antagonistic chemistry. Um, and I think that when it's the whole inner circle around and it's everybody, you don't get to see it as much. But when it's one on one here, this is where like this looks like a real rivalry to me and like a real feud. Uh, and one of the first times it was effective like that for me. So, yeah, I thought this was a, a very good, well done segment. Um, I thought just the way they kind of you know played back and forth with each other was done really nicely. And it kind of rekindled my interest in what's going on here. Our main event of the evening. Uh, the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers, uh, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows from Impact, uh, reuniting to take on uh, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order. Uh, boy, AEW still being pretty loose-lipped with that Bullet Club trademark. 
Yeah, I think that they're just leaning into it because no one else actually owns it, right? Like, uh, how much? No, 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 New Japan actually owns it. They don't own the Too Sweet thing, though. So they don't actually. I, I, say, they don't I, I didn't say. I didn't say anything about Too. Uh, no, they name dropped the Bullet Club several times. Right, but you can name drop them as long as you don't say these guys are in Bullet Club. No, this is a Bullet Club reunion. Is exactly I mean, what they said. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is, though. I mean, it is, but they don't say this is an NWO reunion every time, you know, guys from the NWO get together. Matter of fact, when they actually uh, had when they actually had one in New Japan, they actually had to do Team 2000 instead. Right. I mean, I, obviously, they're not worried about it, or they have clearance to do it. Uh, mm, or well. Tony Khan is just continuing to do the best cocaine on earth and he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, well, what about impact? Because remember Gallows is wearing a bullet club insignia on an impact pay-per-view, right? Maybe Don Callis is also doing some of that incredible cocaine with Tony Khan. They're obviously <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> anyway, I, I wrote a big thing about this on, uh, on my blog, uh, strong saw story at tumblr.com, uh, on uh, over the weekend. So just go to that. Go to there. It's the second post down um, on the site. So yeah, I I, I did write about uh, the, the 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 kind of loose application of trademark law going on here. Yeah, and... I mean, is I don't know if that's happening or if there's a lot we don't know going on behind the scenes, which I think is more likely. It's possible. I mean, especially since you know Takami Obari became president of new japan i mean it seems yeah, like i think a, folks are already on the phone with each other and i think one of the things and tony khan is a lot you could say about tony khan i do think he's a pretty clever guy i don't think he's a dumb guy i think he's like a relatively smart guy is what i is the read i get off of him um and i think he probably is like listen man you guys want mox back in a timely fashion you're gonna play by our rules a little bit well you know here's and, the thing have, like Mox being the uh, the the U.S. champion is huge leverage for AEW if we're really getting into it, right? Like they can pretty much dictate terms, and I think if like you'd be foolish not to at this point, really. Like, yeah, if you want Mox back in a timely fashion, you'll let us, you know, fuck around and do some other like minor stuff here, and eventually Kota Ibushi better be over in AEW. This is just my wishful thinking now. Well, you know, at the, at the same time. Um... You know, there's been a lot of teasing by AEW, you know, a lot of name dropping. I remember back in October, they were showing footage from Wrestle Kingdom 14. Oh, yeah. And even as far back as uh, Kenny Omega doing the Undertale entrance, if we remember that. Oh, I I remember. The opening to the Undertale entrance had a lot of New Japan references. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was like an altered version of the Lion Mark on there. Yes. Exactly. So So this is uh, this is something they've been toying with. And again, I think, you know, being a wrestling fan, I'm I'm jaded enough to think that this is all planned, right? It's all kayfabe. Well, I guess we'll find out. Either that or they really just don't think that. We will find out because I do think this is leading to in the summer or fall finally uh, uh, seeing that New Japan AEW talent exchange that we've been waiting for. I think we're just waiting for uh, for pandemic terms to dictate that at this point. Anyway, the match. Uh, fantastic. That, yeah. God damn it, they're going to make the Dark Order baby faces at this point. I think that's we've done that already. I think yeah. we're already there. Because John, Sil- John, God, John Silver especially was on fire 
Yeah, and he's very fun, and he's fun to watch wrestle. We've talked about John Silver and Stu Grayson specifically as oh, yes. two of the more, if not the most, underrated guys on this roster. I think since I joined this podcast, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. This has like been a, a, a theme for us to talk about is like John Silver and uh, Stu Grayson specifically as guys that need to be on screen more, and every time they get an opportunity, they shine. Once again, that was the case in this match. Yeah, it was. I thought uh, Stu Grayson looked fucking great. Oh, he did. I, I, mean, I mean, there were several sequences, you know, both Stu Grayson and John Silver, you know, clearing the ring and, you know, taking it to all four guys in yeah. the ring. And I like the way Stu, especially off his hot tags, has like a bit of a frantic energy to him where not everything's like super clean. It looks a little more like a fight. It looks a little more like it's rushed for the sake of like getting the offense out. And I think that's like a really good pace. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it was... Uh... It was Stu who took the pinfall uh, from a Melcher driver from the Young Bucks. So this uh, was the first Dark Order loss since Brody's passing. Am I right about that? Uh, uh, no, because Anna Jay lost. Oh wait, when? Did, oh yeah, I guess yeah. Serena Deep. Yeah, Anna Jay did lose to Serena Deep. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So no, that, that was not the case. But okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Post match, uh, we get appearances from both Ray Phoenix E. John Moxley, John Moxley delivering a hella death rider on Kenny Omega. Well, before that, that Phoenix double uh, missile dropkick. Holy shit. Damn. The man had some hang time on that thing. And did you see the way he landed on the guardrail? too? <laughs> oh, speaking of. Yeah. Okay. So Phoenix does a, uh, um, a sent like a tope senton outside of the ring and like straddles the fucking guardrail every time, like, perfectly. Every time he does that, I think he's going to kill himself. My <laughs> whole household that. popped for that one. My girlfriend and I both were like, Oh shit. Whoa. Yeah. What? <laughs> Whoa, dude. Also speaking of hitting things really hard, we did not talk about, uh, cause you didn't see the match and now it's just coming back to me. Eddie, uh, Lance Archer choked Eddie King choke slammed. Eddie Kingston onto the apron, like from inside the ring out onto the ring apron. Oof. And he like dropped like from his hip to the apron, like right onto the floor. And it was brutal. And I, did, did, like, did you, I feel did you ashamed see his, earlier. Did you see his soul exiting his body? I mean, was it was, it was really rough, man. Yeah, it was fucked. Uh, so if you Damn. get to, uh, uh, Tony, Oh, uh, we should mention that Tony Khan, uh, tweeted shortly after this, uh, an apology, for this uh, thing happening, that he's going to put the uh, Kingston Archer match up on YouTube tonight. So that should be up on YouTube in full on AEW's channel. So if you want to see the Eddie Kingston Lance Archer match, which I recommend because it's very good, you can go to YouTube and check that out. Oh, good. I think I will do that because I was pretty you upset should. that I didn't get to see yeah, it. You so. should DM me about that choke slam because okay. it was fucked. <laughs> I will do that. It, it probably won't be till tomorrow that I get to watch it, but right, uh, right. fair but enough. But yeah, so. um, that that was uh, something. This was something. Yeah, that Death Rider of the from the Randy Orton angle uh, from out of nowhere was right. uh, really good. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to that that uh, main event uh, next week. Yeah, that's a really sure. interesting one. So the Pentagon injury kind of creates this opportunity that we didn't really see coming. But this is a, a nice move of AEW to call an audible here and give us a really fun match. Oh yeah, and. Uh... Hey, we got a wrestling wedding next week. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Finally, the Kip Sabian stuff is interesting again because it's a wedding, folks, and nothing can ever go wrong at a wrestling wedding. Never. If there's one thing we know, 
Nothing ever goes wrong at wrestling weddings. They're always lovely, fantastic, heartwarming affairs. <laughs> oh, yeah. What could possibly go wrong Absolutely when you have nothing. the wedding at a professional wrestling show? Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV, all C's, no K's, twitch.tv slash ThickFlare, where I will stream eventually. Uh, also, <laughs> follow this podcast at BGTD Podcast, BGTD Podcast, like Boom Goes the Dynamite on Twitter. And I have another podcast that comes out every Friday. It's called Fake Fight, Real Fight. Uh, it uh, is a weekly head-to-head sports blah. Man, I've been drinking tonight. It is. It is a combat sports entertainment podcast. Comes out every Friday, hosted by myself and Twitter's own Harry Mack. Uh, We uh, go head-to-head with a combat sports event and a wrestling event or match every week. Uh, We kind of take combat and kayfabe and the the blending of both and the differences and similarities and we have a lot of fun with it and i think it's a really cool podcast uh, that comes out again every friday you can find it on most major podcast platforms and you can follow us there on twitter at ffrf pod that's ffrf like fake fight real fight pod Woo! you can find me at strong style story without the e in style on twitter my personal twitter at gd wessel two s's one l uh this week i'm going to plug a tv show that is premiering as we speak as we record this so uh hopefully my dvr will that's right everybody watch wandavision on disney plus no not that one uh <laughs> it is an actual it is actually a comic book tv show though oh. uh it's a uh, resident alien on sci-fi and uh the reason why i am so hyped about this is because uh the co-creator of the comic book this is based on is my uh is my artist for uh my graphic novel that will be coming from dark horse later this year uh the uh gentleman's name is steve parkhouse he's a legend of british comics wow and uh yeah as a writer and artist he's uh drawn for alan moore and grant morrison and uh you know, did a lot of work for Marvel, uh, has wrote a lot of well-regarded Doctor Who comic strips in the 80s. You've heard it here on this podcast first. Jeff is literally as big as Alan Moore. No. <laughs> Don't say Literally. That. That's just fact. My, my, my beard isn't even as massive as Alan Moore's. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, check that out. Uh, Wednesday nights after Dynamite on Sci-Fi. So, uh Go ahead and check that out. So, uh, Paul, any last words? Uh, don't drink in podcast. That's sage advice. We'll see you next week for Beach Break. Wait, no. I meant to say do drink in podcast. Or that. We'll see you next week for Beach Break.